Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast with Zeb Armstrong, an old buddy of mine, race promoter now, and uh, raced the World Vet Races uh, last weekend or a week and a half ago. Looking forward to talking to Zeb. Thank you to the folks at the FXR Racing, of course, designed by racers for racers. Mike Brown, Chris Kiefer, Phil Nicoletti, uh, Enzo Lopes, the club team, using FXR Racing, and uh, great guys and, and great company. They've got a whole line of sto- snow stuff as well, so uh, they've got a really, really some of the great designs out there. So thanks to the folks at FXR Racing for coming on this podcast, and Racetech. Pulp 21 is a code to save. They have uh, motor work. They have suspension work. Get the right spring rate done. Get your motor modified. Get your suspension modified. Really get your bike dialed in uh, and get those bushings changed, man. Just do that, if nothing else. Just get your suspension serviced. Change the oil, even if you think the, the, the suspension is working fine. Get the oil changed. Tell them you listen to Pulp. They'll give you a discount. They're, they have uh, the shop in Corona, California. they got race tech service centers all across the United States. They sponsor guys like Zombie Blows and guys like the Solitaire Yamaha team. Racetech.com for more information. Thank you to those guys. We're going to talk more about Firepower and Maxis and Namira Pistons and Roost MX during the show. So we'll uh, st- stay tuned for that. But thank you to FXR and Racetech. Let's, uh, let's talk to Zeb, shall we? All right, and now, as promised, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast number 167. It's a, it's a guy I've known for a long time and doing a great job up north uh, in Cali promoting races. It's Zeb Armstrong. What's up, Zeb? How are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, lots to talk about when it comes to you from your racing career. I mean, we ran it, we ran it in the same circles a lot uh, when I worked for Nick Way and uh, Tim Ferry in 99 and Kelly Smith uh, stuff, so... Um, oh, yeah. in your racing career and then of course uh I, I you know you raced the world vets at glenn helen so we'll talk about that a little bit but um first up uh rep racing uh is your promotion business and i've never been to one of your races but uh, that guy blair he's sketchy so i don't really trust him yeah, but but chris Kiefer and others that have, have gone to your events say you're doing a good job so take us through what you're doing now how you got into race promotion yeah so it's really uh, a funny story, right? Because I never would have in my entire life wanted to prevent or promote. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to have prevented it actually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, promoting these races, it kind of just fell on my lap. Okay. And honestly, I, uh, it's almost like I'm built perfectly to do this job. So uh, you probably don't know this, but my dad owns a uh, big construction company. So, okay. uh, I am super small beans compared to my parents, but thankfully they've, uh, had my back from day one through racing and now with this new venture. But, uh, my dad is a plumber and owns also owns an excavation business. So, um, I grew up plumbing with my dad. Okay. Well, when the races came around, you basically need to be a plumber, right? So <laughs> the, uh, when I, when I first took over, Prairie City, which is the Hangtown track, the crew that wanted to stay working when I took over, they're like, yeah, we got a broken water line. We got a, you know, I guess we're closed for the day. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we don't go home. We, we fix it. Oh no. The old guy that had it, he just called a plumber and you know, we just closed. And I'm like, yeah, no, we yeah. are the plumber. We, yeah. we fix this now. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, it's PVC. You cut it, you glue it, you, yeah. you know, get it going. Well, it has to sit overnight, you know? And I'm like, okay, you throw a hay bale on that. You put the bucket on top of it to hold it down and we keep going. You know, we don't close for a broken <laughs> water line. We get it fixed, you know? So, um, through plumbing with my dad and, and stuff like that, that helps me run the races. And I gained all that knowledge through, you know, 
work in construction through, yeah. through my childhood. Well, I guess problem basically. solving, right? Problem solving. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Like make it happen. You don't just wrap it up and call somebody in, you know, you, you get it done. So that's basically my day to day right now is I'm either a diesel mechanic. I'm filling in where one of my guys doesn't, whoever's sick, somebody has a girlfriend or a wife problem or some, you know, it's yeah. always something. And then I have a foreman at each one of my facilities and I just, I show up and I'm just one of the boys, you know, I look at my foreman and I go, Hey man, where do you need me? Yeah. You know, cause they're there every single day and I kind of bounce around and just fill in if they go, Hey, I need that section watered over there. Can you go grab a hose and do that? Yep. I'm on it. Right. Or, Oh, the water truck's got a broken PTO drive shaft. Can you get on that? Yep. No problem. I go lay under the truck and get it fixed or or whatever it is, if something needs to be fixed, that's, I'm pretty much the fix it guy that just kind of bounces around and fills in the blanks at this point. Now, how did you, but Mike, going back to that Prairie city, like, so you're, you're done with your racing and you know, your dad runs a successful business and you're getting in the next phase of your life. How does the first opportunity to promote Prairie city come about? Like who approaches you or how does that, how do you first get into the promotion game up in NorCal? So I was, I was working for my dad after racing in Gardnerville, Nevada. And where's that? That's uh, just below Carson City, okay. like Reno area, yeah. just South Lake Tahoe, basically. We live right on the bottom of the hill. So I was just living there, working for my dad, doing the, you know, the, the 6 a.m. to, to mm -hmm. 5 p.m. thing. And no matter what went wrong with what crew, it was always my fault, you know, type of deal when you work for the family business. So <laughs> got to love that. Yeah. But, um, I was just training kids like I, I always I never liked training kids, but I for some reason was good at it. And it just escalated into where I had a bunch of kids going all at once and I needed a place to train kids. Okay. I needed my own place because I had so many going. I needed something where I could train them seven days a week, yeah. you know, and uh, so I started looking at property and oh, maybe I'll kind of do my own little training farm kind of thing. I never wanted to have a track that was open to the public because, as you know, dealing with the public is, oh, man, it, it's a headache. You know, you can't make everybody happy. It's just impossible. And I'm not very good at working with the public sometimes, but uh -huh. I do my best. But um, so I was looking for my own spot, and this place came up in Northern California riverfront that was just vacant. It had been vacant and nothing was there. And I raced there as a kid. Yep. And so I just kind of after work one day, just drove over, over the hill and went to a city council meeting and kind of figured it out. Mm -hmm. and sure enough, you know, my dad's there the whole time and he's like, Oh, you're an idiot. That's never going to work. You know, <laughs> and I, I just total, you know, like that, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to get a place to, so I could train whenever I wanted. And, uh, then it, it turned into, so riverfront was the first one and the city, the council meetings I was going to were, there was 15 guys there. Once I showed interest in the, that spot and it was six foot tall weeds and the place was basically level. Yep. And, but I, I remember it had lights and it had everything for night races and stuff. So none of it, it was all ripped out by the homeless. There was yeah. no lighting, no wiring, no yeah. nothing, you know what I mean? So, um, I looked into it and I was, you know, I'm there after work and in jeans and a shirt with holes in it after plumbing all day. And I'm there with guys with suits on with briefcases. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I'm way out of my element here. You know, I don't have a chance of getting this. And the next meeting there was half the guys and the next meeting there was half the guys. Okay. And, 
we're sitting in this big room and they're talking financials and all this. It's way over my head. You know, I'm a stupid dirt bike kid and I'm thinking I don't have a chance. But then when we actually went out to the property, they were like, okay, well, well, we don't really know where the water comes in. And I'm like, oh, well pumps right over here. It comes up out of the ground, down the street, comes under, over to the water fill over there. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys in your shiny shoes, actually, when we come out here on the property, you're kind of out of your element. And this is where I kind of shine, you know? So I'm like filling in the blanks with all the commissioners and telling them what, where, and how, and well, we don't really know the property marks. I'm like, okay, well, there's a pin there and a pin there and a pin there. And well, you know, so I, that's really where I shined. And then, uh, Sure enough, it came to, you know, bidding time and I wasn't the highest bid and I wasn't the lowest bid and ended up getting it. And I, uh, I was now you're like, Hey dad, we're in the, we're in a promotion uh, business. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm getting real close to this, you know? And I was actually under a house in South Lake Tahoe fixing a freeze break. And my dad calls me on the phone and I'm, I'm soldering this copper joint under a house and my phone rings and it's my dad's, you know, cell tone. So I have to answer it. You know, if it was anybody else, I would have just kept doing what I'm doing, but knowing it's my dad, I answer the phone. He goes, Hey, uh, city of Marysville just called. You got riverfront. And I'm like, Oh, cool. All right. And he goes, yeah, I don't know how the hell you're going to do that from, from living up here. So I don't know what you're going to do with it, but just, <laughs> just to let you know, yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. All right. Yep. See you later. Yeah. My mom, my mom calls me 10 minutes later and she goes, Hey, um, so dad told me the news and I go, all right. She goes, there's a family in town that's a dentist and they're from Denver and they're looking for a house. And I go, okay. And my parents own a, uh, apartment complex and she goes, we don't have any apartments. We can rent them. So, yeah. uh, how soon can you be home? And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I'm going to show them your house. Dad said, you got the track at Riverfront. <laughs> And I'm like, and you're moving. I don't. Right. And I'm like, I don't know if there's like underwear on the floor, dishes in the sink. Like, I have no idea. You yeah. know. So yeah. she's like, Yeah, how soon could you be home? I'm like, Well, I'm in South Lake Tahoe, so I like give me 30 minutes, you know, to like at least get there if you're going to show them my house. Yeah. And so, sure enough, I'm like, All right. So I pack up my shit and I, I haul ass down the hill. Of course, my mom's already in my house. Doors are wide open. The people are walking through the house, and I'm like. All right, here we go. Yeah, you know, yeah. so we we walk in and I can see the wife. You know, I can I can just read her like a book. She's looking at the husband like I want this place. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm going okay. So he's like, the husband looks at me. He goes, okay. When can you be out? And I'm like, well, I got to get a storage unit and put all my stuff in there and whatever. And he goes, well, what? what yeah. You want to sell it just with everything in it? And I'm like, uh, I guess. Yeah, how much yeah. for the couch? I don't know. A thousand bucks. All right. How much for the beds? I don't know. A couple grand. All right, cool. How much for the TVs? I don't know. Five grand. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, he literally bought everything in my house and it's on a couple acres. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I put all my houses in SoCal. I had three houses there at the time and I sold all them for this one place. I thought I was going to stay out forever. Yeah. Literally went to the end of the street, bought this piece, piece of crap motorhome for, I think it was five grand. Mm-hmm. I put literally my garage in it and went to Marysville and yeah. lived in that motorhome for a year and built a track. <laughs> Damn. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that was yeah. it. That was it. And I, I lived wow. there for a year, got the track going, no, no employees, no nothing. And just started going right from there all by myself for a year and, uh, started building it up. Took me three months to get a track up and running. And then, uh, I opened the first day on 
you know, on 310, believe it or not, it was May 10th oh, or nice. March 10th. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 310 was my opening day. Right. And yeah, I had like 150 riders and, you know, made like, you know, a couple grand or whatever. And I'm like, holy, maybe run into the, for the public is the way to go. You yeah, know? Right. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. And then, and then from yeah, there you so started doing, Riverfront. yeah. And then you started taking over other places and running your race. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, the next one was Prairie city. Prairie city became available and, uh, I didn't really want to take on more tracks, but I didn't really want a competitor so close by. How does that work though with the dirt diggers? Don't it's a city, it's property, it's a state-owned park. So it's state-owned park. But how so does... I have the lease, and they basically sublease it from me for Hangtown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I did not know this. So okay. So yeah. So and the dirt digger dudes just work for you or just work for the national or what? what has no, that? no. Okay. So I sublease it to them, yeah. and they they have every. I don't have anything to do with the national. They right. ask me for my help here and there. You know, like this year they water trucks because of all the fires and all that. Yeah. Like there was no water trucks available. So, you know, I have nothing to do with the track, the design, yeah, nothing yeah. like yeah. that. I. I wish that I did, to be honest with you, yeah. but, um, the dirt, the prep, I mean, God, I want to get in there and so like MX sports just deals with the dirt diggers. Cause they're comfortable. They're comfier with the dirt diggers after all these years. Is that sort of how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you know, they have the, uh, the past going with them yeah. and everything else. Right. And the dirt diggers are their own worst enemy for sure. But 99% of them are great guys. They yeah. just like, like any group of people, there's just a couple bad eggs, but yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I've run into a few my, of them over the years. That's for sure. So yeah, but, a couple of them really don't like me, but it's just a, you know, whatever it is, a jealousy thing, or, you know, they want to come in and, and be the the big guy on campus. And that's yeah. fine. I, I couldn't give two shits. So but. how do you, and is that a bid process too, from the state of California to get the lease? Uh, Depends kind of on how many, how many years. Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a bidding thing yeah, at the yeah. same time. So oh. um, yeah, like, like riverfront I have for 45 years and wow. you know, Prairie city is like a, a 15 deal. And then my other one is East street. That's the last one that I got. And so. East street's super famous, right? Been there a long time. It's been there yeah. forever. Riverfront's been there forever as okay. well. But yep. yeah, East street has had races and events since the early seventies, since before I was even thought about, Yep. you know, so then it's always been the same. It's, it's not a great part of town. It's not uh, super clean or anything like that, but man, it's right in the middle of town. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's so hard to get dirt bike tracks going these days. Yeah. And these riverfront and East street are literally right in the middle of town. So it's crazy to me that they're still there, but I mean, riverfront, I could literally land an airplane in there and nobody would say a damn thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. because as long as I'm paying my rent, they're yeah. like, yep, you're welcome. And there's guys. no there's no chance of uh, um, um, city crawl coming that way or anything? Like, I, I have no idea. So there's nothing. No, no. It's been there for so long. There's nothing growing around it. It's a super old town. So nothing is changing there. Yep. Um, it's Northern California. You know, homeless is the biggest battle trying to keep everything safe and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But river Riverfront's really good. Um, the East Street side's a little bit more of a problem. But right. Um, so it's gotten better. You run a you run a race series. You're rep racing. Like you have a little series between the three tracks or the two tracks. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So when I when I first got the tracks, I'm like, okay, you know, every all the promoters up here, they all battle each other. They all no one gets along. And when I first came in, I'm all you know motivated. And I, I'm going to be the guy to get everyone to work together. And 
when I was a kid in, in Nevada, man, they had a dealer challenge where they went to every different track and all the different dealers were involved and it was bitching, you know, it was, it's kind of like the outdoor series where you get to go to every track and everybody has a good turnout and everyone worked together. And I thought I was going to do that for Northern California, you know? Well, the <laughs> day I got Prairie city, literally the day I took it over was after, um, one of the local amateur nationals there. Mm -hmm. And the promoter that was running it is, uh, he's been around forever up here. I raced his races when I was a kid. Yep. Of course I run up, Hey, you know, I'm Zeb, I'm taking this place over tomorrow and I'm super excited. I want to run races with you. And, yep. you know, I can't wait. I already got riverfront and, you know, let's put something together for the fall. And I'm super motivated to run some races. Right. And he looked at me dead in the eye and he goes, look, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I have a thousand rider base and you have nothing. Why would I run races with you? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Wow. What's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So basically, basically what he's telling me is why would I give you that money and yeah. our riders, whatever, which to me, I don't give two shits about the money. I want to have races. I, yeah. I'm looking at it from a racer point of view that we all get to ride these different tracks. Right. And man, I, I had to learn really quick. Yeah. You know? So the, the one thing I give him, he told me to my face. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> what I like. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate that because I go, okay. And I turned around and you know what? And when I turned around and walked back, I went, you know what? My goal is to just annihilate that guy. Yeah. That is my goal. Just outwork him you know, yeah, have a better series, have better races, everything. have better. Yeah, yep. yeah, my, yeah. And, and over, it took me about a year and I was just crushing everything, you know? So it's just outwork a little bit, you know, more talent, better equipment, better staff, more yep. training, you know, just a little bit more effort, sure. you know? And yeah, sure enough, man, we're, we're, we're doing really good. I have a great team. I appreciate my guys a ton. Obviously you're only as good as, as your team. So, yep. Um, and, and, you, and you don't group. you don't do this full time. You're still working diesel stuff. You're still doing that. I'm still well. No, the oh. tracks is full time. Oh, tracks okay, right. definitely full time. No, when I say I'm a diesel mechanic, I'm like I'm working on, on the my tracks. Own okay, so trying so, to trying to keep everything. So going. you're yeah. running these races, and this is your full time job. You're, you're you're making money that way. That is your the way you make a living. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, it's it's more oh. than a full time job. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, so this, in the summertime, yep. I'm at summertime, we're up to like 65 employees. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 People. I mean, it's a you know three tracks, 24 seven, and then in the summertime, I actually add on another one and do a little arena cross series. So oh, there's okay. four. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, definitely full time. Uh, Zeb Armstrong on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. I want to thank the folks at Firepower. They've got oil now. they got batteries. they got chains. Uh, A-Ray and Kay Clayson and a lot of guys are using the chains and batteries. Mock-off Honda last year ran the batteries as well. Uh, so please check out firepowerparts.com. Their oil is made by the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer. It's the highest quality. Their batteries are featherweight lithium batteries backed by a two-year warranty. Chains are a great price, and they work fine, fantastic. They're made by uh, they're made in Japan, and uh, they, are, they have everything from heavy-duty roller to O and X-ring. Firepowerparts.com. Try them out. You won't be disappointed uh, in your motorcycle, whether it's the oil, the chains, or the batteries. Uh, great, great job by the folks at Firepower. And thanks to the folks at Max's Tires. 
Maxxis.com, mountain bike tires, light truck tires, SUV tires, uh, the SGB Maxxis Honda team running the MXSTs, developed by some guy named McGrath. He did a good job on that. So please check out Maxxis Tires if you need something. They support the sport in a number of ways. And, uh, yeah, they have all things uh, uh, rubber over there at Maxxis.com. Thanks to those companies for coming on board. Uh, so, Zeb, um, this is like a little tough question, I guess, to answer, putting you on the spot a little bit. But as a race promoter, how long have you been doing this? How many years now? What are we talking? Ten, I've had the tracks for 10 years now. Okay, so in 10 years, what have you, what are fundamentally like a couple or three things that make people want to come back to your races and enjoy their day? Like, what have you learned in 10 years that you're like, look, these are non-negotiable. This is what has to happen for people to enjoy themselves at my race, and I want them to come back safely and all of that stuff. Like, are there two, three, four things that just every race you put on, you make sure happen? Uh, and you've learned this over the years, I imagine, uh, from feedback and from entries and, you know, track design or whatever. Are, and I, or is there even three or four things, uh, you know, that you, can, that you can figure out? Yeah, so um, <laughs> living in the world that we live in now, one thing you never, ever order short Trophies. <laughs> Everybody gets people, a trophy. <laughs> people want that trophy, man. Right. I, I don't care if you are four years old, which all the 50s get trophies anyways. Yeah, yeah. There's only a few parents out there that are like, nope, my kid got six. He doesn't get a trophy until yeah. he gets top three. Right. And I usually look at those parents and I'm like, good for you, man. I'm good sure Blair's the worst. Blair probably wants the last place trophy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm Evan's actually really good. They're, they're actually really good. And... Daniel's wife, she doesn't get enough credit. Man. Oh, really? She runs, oh. she runs the show. Okay, because yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he acts like he, he acts like he's the guy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he he does really good with his kids, but man, Maggie's solid. She right. she does a lot. Okay, but, so uh, trophies. definitely trophies. Yeah. Yes, trophies. And my Saturday night series, we put everything into that series. I mean, we hand out probably it's a seven race series. So what I do is I take all the entries through the series and all that money. And I use about half of it to pay for awards. So whether I get deals on stuff like, uh, you know, I order a ton of fly gear. I order a ton of Fox gear. I have great partners with 6D and, and we give away about 15 helmets. We give away 10 sets of gear. We give away exhaust from FMF. I mean, huge gift bags, yeah. not just, Here's a pair of grips and a can of chain lube. You know, I mean, we're giving away helmets and knee braces and all kinds yeah, of really yeah. big stuff. And people love that series because they know at the end of the series, we put on a free ride day with a barbecue and this whole award ceremony. We, you know, I do all the commentating and I call the kids up and mm -hmm. I love to embarrass them. They come up and I go, man, where's mom and dad at? You know, I called up this kid's class and these guys, they got long hair, like, man, do we need to get this kid a haircut right now? And, you know, and yeah, I, yeah. I, we, we joke about it and make it fun for them and bring them up on the podium and interview them and, and make a whole day of their celebration of the series. And, and, uh, the kids get, you know, five foot tall trophies with these huge gift bags and gear bags full of stuff. And, and I put everything into that series. So they know that doing that Saturday night series at Riverfront, they're, if they ride all of them and they're in the points, they're going to get their money back in prizes, you know, and 
sometimes we give away a bike like you do crazy stuff with Yamaha giving away a ton of bikes a year yep. and I'm like I know the effort that that takes and that is so awesome that you do that because it's not easy giving away that much no, money well, and thanks you to have Yamaha. great yeah. partners yeah. yeah you have great partners for that but um, I get deals on stuff, but a lot of it, we just buy, you know, from different dealers and, yep. and stuff. And we just, I mean, we put 20 to 30 grand every year just in getting prizes for, so, for this series. So fundamentally, one of the things you've learned is give shit away, <laughs> give shit away, just, just hand it out, yeah. man. And then, you know, keeping people happy and listening. Um, I try to, thankfully my girls are so good when we, when a race is over, I mean, we have their scores posted. I mean, 10 minutes. We have scores posted. We have, on a on a good night, we'll have 500 entries or so. And we start, practice starts at 4. We're done at 10.30 p.m. Done. So we don't race all night long. You know, the PWs, they're four, six years old figure. And I, I don't put them at the end of the line, you yeah. know, like I, yep. I get that those kids have to get to bed early, you know, yeah, I know yeah. that where, you know, if you're an 85 kid, you're 12, 13, 14, you kind of like racing later at night when, you know, the supercross guys get to race and, you know, yeah, so yeah. I try to look at the race schedule. We change it every week. Um, I keep the vets super early that way they can see before the sun goes down. So the vet race is always in the first three, the age group class, mm -hmm. you know, so I try to be as smart and diligent as I can with the race schedule and people really like that. I make sure nobody has back-to-back -back motos if possible. And if they do, I call them up and I go, Hey bro, look, yeah. you're the only one with back-to-back -back motos. Can, do you want to change classes or, um, we'll yeah. give you your money back for your second class or what can I do? But you're the only one. And if I move you to a different race or I change races, now I have eight people with back-to-back -back yeah. motos. So, yeah. so you're the one guy that I can't fix, you know, but but that's my goal. So um, people don't like when their race is over and their scores aren't posted. People right. really don't like that, you know. And the the toughest – one of the toughest things about running the races is dealing with the people that want to run out on the racetrack, you know. <laughs> it's Like insane. parents. Like pa parents. Like parents. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And – I get it. So for the 50 classes, the only time we let people out on the track is for the 50 CCs. Yeah. And I say this at every riders meeting. I go, parents, please. The only time you're allowed out on the track is during the 50 race. And I go for everybody else. We have headsets on. I have guys on vehicles all the way around the track. We have flaggers all the way around the track. By the time you run there, we've already been there for five minutes. So please, guys. It doesn't, just it doesn't work say, though. It doesn't it, work. Never, never, <laughs> not a chance, not a chance. Oh, so great. it's the 50 yard dash right. when the gate goes down and there's a kid that falls. I mean, those parents are over that fence so fast and they're, they're zoned in on their kids. So yeah. they run right across the landings and almost get nailed. And you're just like, Oh my God, this oh. is out of control. Um, so of course we go over there and light them up, yeah. you know, and, and then we're the asshole every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of know? course, of course. The kid's already gone. He's half a lap away, and the parents are still running across the track. And right. we're like, man, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I say it at every rider's meeting. I go, 50 parents, when you're out on the track, you help all the kids, not just your kids. Yeah. So when a kid crashes in front of you, don't turn your back to them. I mean, come on. They all get trophies. 
but every yeah. single race it happens, you know, <laughs> and I will roll up and I will just shame these parents, you know, when I see it, I'm like, you don't get to do that. You know, yeah. like, we're all here to have a good time. We all want to leave here and go to Chili's and just, you know, have yeah. a great night. It's right. not, nobody's winning a factory ride here. Come yeah. on, let's be real. You know, um, how do you, how do you as a track designer? And I've been to some tracks, like I'm not very good jumper anymore. And I debatable if I ever was, and I'm a vet guy and I go to some tracks and I'm just like, man, like, you know, give me, give me a crappy, a crappy vet B rider. Give me an option to not jump this thing, whatever this thing is. But then of course, you know, don't build the track just for me. You got the kids, you want to make it challenging. You know, you want to yep. push them to the next level. I'm guessing Zeb building a track and making it good for everybody is a really tough thing to do. It's impossible. Yeah. But, um, thankfully, you know, like I said before, I, I was like purposely built for this job because I obviously raced supercross, raced outdoors, you know, did decent, you know, it was good for my upbringing. I think I did pretty well. And, but I also got to race in Europe. I got to race all over, you know, I raced in Guatemala. I raced in Japan. I raced all over the place. So I did good races. I did really, really bad races, you know, Mexico and some of these little fairground races that I did. And some of the races I did in between outdoor nationals to make yeah. some money. And I mean, I raced good races and really, really sketchy ones. Yeah. So you know, through that experience, I learned a lot in, okay, now that I'm doing races, I want to be better than anything I've raced. I just want to put out more effort and make the track safe. And, you know, like you said, jumping wise, that's the biggest danger, right? It's always the first turn yeah. and the jumps always. So, you know, thankfully Riverfront has a nice long start. I mean, it's not Glen Helen long, but it's yeah. three quarters of that. Glen Helen to me is like, Jesus, we're going 80 miles an hour into that first turn. Yeah. To me, it's gnarly, you know, but, um, thankfully Riverfront is so long that peeps, everybody's pretty spread out by the time you get there, you know? So, um, the first turn's not, uh, you know, trying to keep it as safe and nice and wide as possible. And then with jumps, it's like, it's pretty easy, right? You, I ride, I still ride. I do, I ride all my tracks. Anytime I make a change, me and my crew that actually works for me, they all ride. So we try the stuff first and, and I'll tell them like, Hey, look, that transition's a little bit too rough at the beginning. Let's, you know, fill that in a little bit or, Hey, that landing's a little too steep for that lip. It's kind of, if it's hard for me to find that landing, for the average dude, that's going to be impossible to find that landing. You're either going to clip the top and bounce, or you just got to go all the way to flat. Yeah. Obviously, we're we're dealing with kids on 50s all the way to 450s, and the kids on 50s nowadays they jump everything. Yeah. They, yeah. it's. I look at these little wheels and I watch them jump the finish line at Riverfront. And I'm just like, holy crap, man! These kids are gnarly now. So, um, we jump everything first, obviously, and then. It's pretty easy to build a tabletop with a knuckle in the mm -hmm. middle, yeah. right? Yep. It's super easy, and you can see it from the lip. That's a big one. So if you want to jump all the way to the landing, to the far landing, cool, man. Good for you. Sit down. Throw a whip over that thing. But if you're a vet guy, you still want a little bit of a downside to land on, right? You don't want to not jump the whole thing, and landing halfway sucks. I get it because you slap down back front, whoa, whack, and you do that five times a lap, and it you never get that flow, right? right? So 
if you can just put a hump in the middle that's super mellow on the backside, so if they come up short, it's not a big deal. But from the lip, you put it 15 feet out there so they can actually jump up and get to the top of that knuckle so they can actually land on a little bit of a downside. Mm -hmm. Man, that makes all the difference in the world for a guy, Yep. you know, that's not jumping the whole thing. So they have some type of downside and it only has to be a few feet tall, right? It doesn't have to be this big six foot roller. It could just be three foot tall. And if they have a downside to land on that way, their momentum's going down. So they have a roll down. Man, the vet guys are stoked on those little middle landings. You know, it's it's pretty easy with just a little bit of effort and yeah. some dirt, you know. So I'd really try to focus on um, giving guys multiple landing spots, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. no, that's, that's a big one for keeping it safe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zeb Armstrong on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. You ever use Race Tech when you were racing, Zeb? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I imagine so. Uh, thanks to the folks at Racetech and FXR for coming on board. Um, all right, let's switch gears a little bit uh, with you. Um, the World Vet Championships, you came down to ride it. Uh, Glenn Allen, you've ridden it before. Yeah. This was your first World Vets, right? Oh, it was a party. Um, it was a party. Now, as a race promoter, so you heard the Pulp Show, I'm sure, and we talked about it at the race and everything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I get it. They had nine, at least 900 entries, you know what I mean? Like, or they probably had more, but... So they had a lot of entries and everything else, but Zeb, as a race promoter, you must have just been going, what the hell is going on out here? Yeah, they got overwhelmed, for sure, you know, and I've been there scrambling, you know, and man, I'm not sure, you know, like the flagger situation, I get it. I mean, trust me, I get yelled at for flaggers at every race, no matter how many we have. Mm -hmm. If I have a flagger in the corner and the kid crashes on the straightaway, it's my fault. I should have had a flagger right there where the kid fell to have a pillow to put under the kid when yeah, he fell. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, no matter what, you could have a line of flaggers all the way around the track and it still wouldn't be enough, you know. But at the same time, um, kind of sticking up for Glenn Helen a little bit. Like, one thing that I, you know, I, I did listen to the pulp show about it and, you know, I was laughing my ass off, you know, because I, I hear the same stuff too, you yeah. know. But, I don't know how much effort they they put into getting staff, but for me right now these days, it's impossible, man. Nobody wants to work. It's so hard to get people to flag. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's one of their issues, but when people come, like I told you, right, at my races, I shoot for 20. That's the, the yeah. golden standard. We shoot. And what happens is, is we shoot for 20. We're lucky if we get 15 that actually show up. Right. And then what, when people yell at me about flaggers, I tell them, I go, okay, well, rather than bitching about it, how about throwing us a solution? Do you want to come out and flag? Do you have anybody in your family that wants to come out and flag? Mm -hmm. My announcer is announcing it. We put it on Facebook Marketplace. We put it on Indeed. We put it on Craigslist. I mean, we try every avenue to try to hire, and people just don't show up. Right. You know, I heard at, at Mini Major this last weekend, I heard that half of the guy's staff showed up the second day because they were getting screamed at by the parents. Yeah. So they're on like- Saturday, they were getting screamed at. So they're like, fuck this, man. We're not coming back tomorrow. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're getting paid 15 bucks an hour. So they're making 120 bucks for the day, right? They're like, that's not worth it to get yelled at by all these parents. Screw that, you know? Yeah. And yep. 
I mean, as a flagger, I get it. You know, they're on their phones. Sometimes they fall asleep and, you know, but you, you need bodies out there, you know, and we go around the track, we're giving them water, we feed them lunch, we try to take care of them. I make sure I thank every single one of them. Hey man, thanks for showing up. Thanks for keeping our races safe. But half the time they don't come back yeah. because they get yelled at by the people. They get talked down to the entire time by the crowd and they don't come back, you know, and then we get yelled at for not having enough flaggers. So I don't know if that's kind of Glen Helen's situation, but it's definitely part of my problem at the race is trying to get but, help for but, sure. But Zeb, the practice order. I mean, like oh, I said, buy, oh, buy yeah. a sticker, buy a sticker yes. and don't have 800 guys out on practice. And, oh, and, the, sure. and the staging can be the staging. You need a sign that says race eight is here. Race nine is here. And if you're race 10, you're not coming in here yet. And it's like, like, it's just, it was such a chaotic event and I get it. They're uh, overwhelmed, but come on, man. You yes. Know? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. That whole corral thing, I was lost. Right. So when, when I went up to the start line, I rode right down that vendor road, right over to the other side. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't where we line up. Oh, okay. I, I go back and I turn right there and, and go up and you got to like do that S turn zigzag thing. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, uh, 40 pro class. When's that? You know, there's, I didn't know who to talk to. There was, I did. I just, yeah. I was kind of lost, you yeah. know, but it's my first time there. So I, I figured I'd kind of be out of the loop a little bit. I'd figure it out. You know, I've done enough races, right. but then yeah. I'm like, Oh, yeah. they're loading my gate and I'm four races back here because there's people that are in race 13 that are up there yeah. already. You yeah. Know? So and, but it's like, not rocket science to fix any of this. It's not, no. you know, like they have somebody yelling the numbers. They're not even pausing to let you pu pull up. No, just, just 49, 22. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> hammering them out. <laughs> like I man, just say the number and like, man, maybe like look up and wait for the guy to raise his hand. Like, yeah, Dude. right here, you know? And, and uh, like, they're making so much money and that's fine. I don't, I'm not begrudging them. They deserve it. They, you know, race, race promoter is not easy. I get all of that. However, yeah. there's money there to invest is my point. Like you can hire some more staff. Uh, you can oh, get, yeah. you can say to people, man, Hey, listen, I need you to run the staging and I need to, some more corrals right here. And I need a guy, I need you and him to be in communication on this, the, the guy at the gate and then the guy coming in staging. I mean, there's so many ways it could have been run so much better, but they just don't care. Practice stickers. Hey man, are you, are you red? You're, uh, sorry. Orange are out there right now. Sorry. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's it. That's all you got to do. I just, yeah, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty simple fixes. For it, sure, it really so. is. I just, I couldn't believe it. It's, it's, yeah, it's like we have a, we have a little different routine. So we have a guy that checks uh, for transponders. So he's the first one. So we have a guy, we have uh, two guys, one at the gate and then one guy before that. So when you come up, he buzzes your transponder. And that tells us when you go out for practice that your transponder is working. So transponders are great, but if you don't have one on, we can't score you. Right. We still do backup hand scoring. Yes. Yeah. But transponders are the way to go, obviously. And everybody wants their lap times and wants to see them online and all the mm -hmm. things, which is cool. So my first guy, he's behind in staging area. And when they come up, he goes, all right, we'll practice you. All right, two. OK, well, one's out there. So you got to go. You know, he buzzes your transponder and you go. Yeah. Well, if a guy doesn't have a transponder on, he finds it right then. And he goes, look, go get your transponder. Oh, well, I just run it in my race. Okay, well, if it's dead, this is our only way to test it yeah. is during practice, right? So we use practice for our transponder test yeah. because otherwise it's a pain in the ass for my girls to try to figure it all out. You know, when there's three guys out there whose transponders aren't charged and it happens every time. So then the second guy at the gate is the guy that's lining everybody up. So 
we have it kind of, you know, but we're racing every weekend, you know, so we kind of have it down to a science at this point. And for the world vets, they can definitely, I think they will, you know, I'm sure they, hopefully they learn from, from this year, but, um, no, they won't. They won't zip. I've raced six or seven. They won't. I've raced six. <laughs> That's or seven. my first time there. Yeah, so no, no. They, they won't like... learn a thing. They won't do anything. They won't try to make it better. That that is that you can mark that in stone. They, really? They, yeah, yeah. They don't care, oh. dude. They they do not care. Um, you know, they don't check IDs when you race. So you could be any age. You could be cheating. You know, we had a great call last night on the Pulp Show about a guy who who said that these guys were at fifty uh, uh, expert up in Washington, but they dropped down to fifty uh, novice. At the World Vets, you know. The, the, and nobody protested them? Nobody cares. Nobody – No, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, they just don't care, yeah. right? So Well, well your, your one boy sandbagged the shit out of that one class, right? Noof, yeah. Noof, <laughs> I'm just playing. Well, no, like I don't think he sandbagged it, but, yeah, he probably should have been 30 pro. The problem is, is – I he, watched he, his race. He, he rides really good. He does, but he's not in shape for 30 pro, so I, I get well, it, though. Neither he, am I. Yeah, I yeah, mean, good point. Good on. point. You're yeah. right. So, um, I mean, okay, Kiefer is, but I mean, yeah. how many of the rest of us? Oh, now, I like, know, right? No, I, I got beat – I, I I led the second moto for a hot second because of that start. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh my, that's a whole nother. And, and that's story, a whole, right? you know, that's a whole thing. Like that's what I was saying. Like okay, so I, I'm not getting on Glenn Helen for dropping the gate when the girl is out there because okay, look, shit happens at every race. Mistakes happen. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. That girl, they didn't mean to do that to that girl, and yeah. she was lucky. It was to, an yeah, it was an accident, and that's fine. Accidents happen. However, this is a money race. Plus forty pro is money. You guys oh, yeah. are pro riders. When the when you come around to the finish, there should be a red flag like we got to do this again because Kiefer yeah. and Preston didn't even go right. Yeah. Um, so we need to throw a red flag and do this again and do it properly. Nope, not a Glen Helen. Sorry, everybody. We know there's money on the line, but too bad. You know what I mean? I, I was waiting for that red flag. Of I course. really was, of and course. I was in the lead, and yeah. I was waiting for that red flag. So yeah. it's funny. I had my hands on my goggles. I was in neutral. <laughs> I had my hands on my goggles, like doing the last minute, like let's some yeah. air in so my goggles don't fog up. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And the guy ran in, and she put the thirty second board up, and the gate dropped. And I, without hesitation, just grabbed a handful and slammed my bike into first gear. Yeah, yeah. In, in one motion, <laughs> took off. And I, I came around the first turn in second, and yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if they're going to red flag it or not, but I'm going to pin it just yeah, in case. no, listen, there should be a red flag. They should be like, oh, shit, we screwed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, but they don't care. Yeah. Dude, they don't care. Yeah. That's it. Everybody they just, ended you know, up in the same spots. You they know, did. Was, they did, but still. But I knew Kiefer and Preston were going to get me, you know. I mean, Kiefer came up behind me, and, like, I was on the inside of him, and he was outside, and I, you know, I'm just like, I just kind of slowed up and let him go, you know. There's no, he was going to win anyways, you know. So, um, and then Preston was right there, and I'm like, okay, well, the, the faster guys are going to get me. Just, is, it is the way it is. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Tilly and that other guy from Austria, so I was the yeah. the first finisher that doesn't, like, you know. Race full time, or, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So. Um, no, nah, it was good. You rode well. It was, it was good to see. But I just, yeah, these are all things that I just shake my head. It's just Vietnam. Like I said, there's no rules. <laughs> just bombs going just off everywhere. No rules. Um, I, I went off uh, that back table and there was an ambulance crossing the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I stomach dropped the whole, the whole deal. And I was just like, you can't do that. No. You can't cross the track in the middle of a race. You can't do that. I came around. 
one of the turns and there was three guys on mountain bikes looking at the track, you know, <laughs> when I, when I went through them, they were looking at me like I was the one that was being an asshole, like racing on the track at the time. I'm like, this is my moto. This is my moto. And you guys are on the track. Like it's, you it's, know. it's amazing. Um, Zeb Armstrong on the uh, race tech FXR privateer island life uh, podcast. Thanks to the folks at Namira Pistons since 2001. Namira has been supplying, Factory-level pistons and gaskets for every make and model, from two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to athletes, top riders. Namira's advanced piston tech has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Go to Instagram or visit them online at namira.com to learn the latest news and application updates. Great company. Great pistons over there. Uh, also, thanks to the folks at Roost MX, 48-hour turnaround. Pulp Nation code saves you at Roost MX. The custom stickers, uh, pitch shirts, uh, awnings, anything you need, they can do it. They have the official Cobra merch as well. They have a whole Pulp Nation section on their website. RoostMX.net. Pulp Nation code saves you. Get some custom backgrounds, custom numbers, that kind of stuff. Get get rep racing if you want on your shrouds. Whatever it is, Roost MX can do yeah. it for you. Um Hey, so a couple more things before we wrap up here. Uh, one is your racing career. Um, I, like I said at the very top, I was a mechanic around. You were a you were a journeyman privateer. You made some main events. You got some points. Um, yep. I was going to ask you. So, but I think you kind of answered this. So your setup, Zeb, was always really tight. Gear, bike, box van, like really good. Yes. And I'm guessing yes. your parents helped you out with that because you had a nice program going on for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a few different, uh, rides over the years. Right. So, um, my favorite was just by myself in my box van, literally living in my box van. Those were the funnest years. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, like the grooming box, we had the, over the, over the cab, you know, and I had a bathroom and a, sh- a full shower in mine. I mean, I lived in that box van. Yep. I did fair races during the week and me and Eddie Ray traveled together, and he, I mean, he knew everybody across the country. So yep. we would ride with with Nick Way. We would stay at Wyndham's. We would ride all over the place at these bitchin' tracks, just backyard tracks in the middle of nowhere. We got to ride, and they were sometimes better than the nationals that we yeah. would race the next weekend. You know, I mean, they were insane. And then, you know, it was you. You find a gym right? A local gym that's on the way. And you, you park in the parking lot, you get a workout, you shower, you sleep in the parking lot, you wake up, you do another workout, you shower, you hop in the van and you head to the, you keep on trucking. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the routine Yeah, and you find somewhere to ride. And during the, during each national, you know, you're, you're signing autographs and each, each guy that comes through that looks like a, a, you know, a good dude or somebody that looked a little more uh, on the classy side. You're like, hey, man, you know of any local tracks in the area? Oh, yeah, yeah. My buddy, my buddy Tommy's got a track down the road that's fishing. <laughs> okay, cool. Shoot yeah. me his number, you know. And yeah. you just – you figure it out and you find tracks to ride and you, you bounce across the country. And, you know, I traveled with Frenette a lot, yeah. one of your buddies. Yeah. And uh, Can we share any know, Frenette stories that, like, can make it on public, uh, public radio or, or – do we, we – so we got arrested in Texas for riding a track on the side of the road, and Frenette was so worried that he was going to get deported. Yeah. Oh, he was freaking out, freaking out. And I was sitting on the hood of the cop car, like, you know, and he was scared to unload his bike. And I don't blame him. Looking back, I was a dumbass for doing it. But yeah. we were just driving saw track and it was fully prepped and bitching. And we just pulled over and there was nobody around. So I unload and I start moto and 
Well, come to find out the guy that had that track had just died like a week prior. Oh, okay. And they prepped it like in order, like in his memory. And they were going to have this big picture and memorial thing. And oh. I'm out there just ripping laps. <laughs> <laughs> and cops showed up in force. And, you know, at the end of it, we're in the, I'm in the cop car, you know, in full gear and everything. And, and I'm just like, Hey man, I didn't know. And, I had a, you know, I made up this story that like a buddy told me I could ride there or whatever and, and, uh, ended up signing a couple posters for the cops and they let me go. And I told the family, I was really sorry. And I, afterwards, of course I felt bad, you know, but I mean, Frenette thought he was out yeah, of the country. I right. mean, he was free, you know? So, um, uh, he, but, he yeah. went hard on and off the track, man. There's some, oh, uh, yes, I did. mean, I got some oh, legendary yeah. stories of Frenette hanging out in Daytona beach and razzles and all that stuff. Like, Oh yeah. You're just like, was, dude, you're not, he, you know, yeah. he taught me a lot about traveling and, uh, and girls and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> oh man. He was, he was a, a mentor in more than one did way. Did he ever, did sure. he ever do the whole wristwatch thing and, and bat wing and oh, stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Out, oh, like in yeah, public, yeah, like yeah. in public. Like, Oh yeah. No, yeah, I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're going to get thrown in jail, man. Stop doing that. Like you're going to, seriously, got, you know, I mean, it was he's got good... no problem whipping that thing out. No, man. no. And you're no. just like, I mean, he's, he's still not as bad as Jim Holly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, as you know, I got a lot of time with Jim Holly. Yeah. And yeah. No, yeah, multiple no. years traveling with the Japanese and Jimmy. So trust me, um, I got, so, but yeah, so you, you did the, the nationals and supercrosses for a number of years. And, and like I said, your setup was always good. Like nice looking gear, O'Neill gear, right? Uh, O'Neill, most of the time yeah. I rode for Thor one year and then yeah. towards the end, it was always TLD. I okay. rode for Troy quite a bit. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and your, your dad, I guess, helped you with finances a little bit, right. And all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. cause yep. your, your, your stuff would look great. Aren't like, and look, I drove the whole circuit for six years. I think I drove the circuit basically the whole thing, uh, whether it was yep. privateer life with PJ one Birdwell for a couple of years, uh, Nick way in Oh two Timmy and O nine in 99. Um, some of the best memories I have, man. Like you just touched on it. Oh, like just, it yeah. was great. Amazing. It was you know? great. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we had a semi for a while and a little team and Kelly Smith actually rode for us and Brian Mason. And, um, we had, you know, a, a, a pretty tight little team there for a while. And, uh, it was fun, but you know, I did the semi thing. I did the box van thing. Uh -huh. I've done the regular van thing. I've, I've had the fun mover. I did it every which way it was possible to do it. You know, whether it was riding for a team, you know, a small satellite team or, you know, I, I had Chaparral Yamaha support. So I rode out of the back of the semi. I've done the, the full moto van thing. And my favorite years of all were just my box van, yeah. a couple buddies and on the road through the nationals. I don't think guys nowadays get that full effect. No, like it they don't. used to be. No, they don't. That's too bad, man. That yeah. is really too bad because those were the best days that I remember, you know? Yeah. No, I, I was always like, listen, I'm the mechanic, so my job is to build the bike and everything else. But, yeah, I was on the road with Fernet a lot or, or Ted Campbell for a while or whatever. Yep. And, I'm, and, and like, I'm like, you guys got to, like, go to the gym. You got to ride. You got to do your bike work. You know what I mean? You got to do all this. We got yep. to drive to this, drive to the next race, wherever that is. I just had to be responsible for, you know, build it, rebuilding my bike. And I was always like, man, these guys have it so tough. Like, you got to find a track and find a gym do everything on your bike and try to yeah. improve during the week. You know, it was tough. Yeah. Man. That was, that was part of the, the part of the fun though. Looking back, you know, I mean, I was doing a top end on my YZ 250 in the parking lot at a, 
uh, I don't know, Holiday Inn Express or something back in the day. And uh, Jason Thomas's dad was right there. And he comes over and he's looking at my, <laughs> looking at me, you know, and he's looking at my bike and I pull the head off and pull the cylinder off and he's looking at it and he goes, this thing's stock. And I go, yeah. And he's yeah. like, this is your race bike? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you made the main event last week. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's like, your bike is bone stock. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, man. <laughs> I got, I got a Dremel in the van right here. You want me to tune this thing up for you like a little bit? And I'm like, nope, don't touch it, man. Yeah, that, yeah. that thing's got to last me all yeah, year. I'm right. not touching it. I mean, I race stock bikes the majority of my career. That's crazy, know? yeah. And yeah, yeah I, made, I made, it's completely different times, right? But I, uh, one of my best Supercross made events was in Las Vegas. And I literally picked that bike up on the way to Vegas from SoCal, picked that bike up. I broke it in in the parking lot, and I whole shotted the semi and made, got fourth in the semi and made the main. That was bone stock suspension. Wow, bone That's stock crazy. jumping the triples, yeah, yeah, going yeah. across the whoops, whoops, and everything. And you you're know. a big guy, like you know and what I'm, I mean, like yep. yeah, like but wow. It just the competition then wasn't yeah. what it is now, of course, yep. but. Nick Way won that semi, and I, I I got the whole shot and led for the first lap, and he came in and slammed me. What year was and that? After the, I think oh two. Oh, that was me. I was his mechanic. He was Moto Triple X. I, yeah, I was his X. mechanic. So we yeah. slammed. Yeah, so, yeah. Take that. Oh, shot. he slammed me. Yeah, I, I'm like, dude. It's like because I was going to race that bike outdoors. Yeah. Was so I wanted to. Um, I dislocated my shoulder at Salt Lake the weekend before, so I'm like, I wasn't even going to race Vegas, but I'm like, ah it'll be a good chance for me to break this thing in and just shake it down and whatever, you know, get a yeah. couple gate drops on it. Well, sh that Honda 450, man, that thing could get out of the gate good, you know, and sure enough, whole shot of the semi made the main event. Yeah. Bone stock. Yeah, you know? yeah. And after the race, I'm like, Nick, dude, you knew you're going to win that semi. Did you have to yeah. freaking dart it? Just freaking <laughs> ruin me. Like I went high to give you the yeah, line and you still right. like, dude, I would have turned my blinker on and waved you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not beating you. I just got to get in the top yeah. five. Right. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just top five. Yeah. So that's great. You know, but, um, yeah. Funny times. Good, good career though. Like as far, like a lot of fun, right? Like, like you said, memories you wouldn't trade for the world. You made some main events. You got some points like that's, that's all pretty cool, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, I got to experience all of it. Yep. I qualified for every national, um, I qualified for, you know, some supercross mains yep. and scored, scored a few points. And, yeah. um, I remember know, you I always kept my number. I always kept three ten. Yep. Um, which was cool by the time, you know, I was scoring points enough to get a national number. I was like, you know what, just all my sponsors, I stuck with the whole time anyway. So I'm like, what's the difference if I'm 85 or three ten? you know, yeah, yeah. who really cares, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm just going to keep branding myself and you know, my, it turned into my, my business now it does 310 promotions, you yeah. know? So I, I, I kept it all going, but, um, I always liked your you box know, fan too. I was always, I was like, that's like back then as a privateer mechanic, you know, you looked at box fans. I was like, that box fan's sweet. Yeah. You're so your rider, Timmy, he actually <laughs> at Southwick, uh, I got a couple Timmy stories for you, yeah. but, um, he cleaned me at Glen Helen, my first ever national, but he was, <laughs> He was, uh, he was out of control down the hill and I turned 
it was, I don't know, Timmy was never a, you know, you always say Timmy was never a great starter, you know, but my first national, I was 16 going down the hill, Glen Helen. He came down the hill inside of me and couldn't stop. And I turned <laughs> and he went straight and just nailed me. And we both went down and Timmy, I didn't know him. So when I saw him, I was like a little bit starstruck, you know, cause Timmy was like, you know, my freaking hero. And so he gets up and comes over to me. Hey man, you all right? I'm really sorry. Like before he even went to his bike and I had yeah, the wind yeah. knocked out of me, I'm on my hands and knees and I'm just looking at him like, go, go. You know, I picked my bike up and it was twisted all kinds of seven different ways. Yeah, yeah. My brand new race bike, yep. you know, <laughs> I went, I went into the pits and Mike Guerrero came over and said, what do you need? And I'm like, man, believe it or not, my forks were bent. Wow. Uh, my, yeah. My subframe, my muffler, yeah, my yeah. forks were smoked. And they got me all my parts, and I ended up getting like a good Yamaha deal out of Timmy freaking cleaning me <laughs> cleaning in that race. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It. I was like, I was pretty pumped on it actually. But yeah. later that year, uh, me and Timmy became like you know decent friends, and um, he knew that my box van held 200 gallons of water and shower and everything, and he'd hang out in the back of my van once in a while and we'd shoot the shit. Yeah, I yeah. came back after Southwick, and. I get back to my van and Timmy's in my fucking shower in my van. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you should have beat me back to the van. You know? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. it's, it's a different time in the sport, a special time in the sport for sure. And it was a more of a traveling circus back then for guys like you and I, like we all knew each other. We we're all there. We we're all on the road. We we're all like, what'd you do this week? Where'd you go? And you know what I mean? All yeah. that kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was yeah. cool, man. Um, it was way fun. Um, and yeah. And like I said, you, uh, you were one of those guys that was just there week in and week out. You weren't really making any money. Uh, I imagine your parents were helping you a little bit. Were they like, were they like, Hey Zeb, you know, cause I know a couple of buddies like this that are like, parents are like, Hey man, here, go have a couple years of fun and we'll help you support and, you know, try your best and, and make some money. Um, at, at, was that kind of your parents' attitude or were you really on your own and trying to like scrape dimes together or how did that work? Yeah. So, uh, 50-50, you never want to ask your parents for money, no. right? I mean, never. If I fell down and didn't make money, I was definitely looking for races in, during the week yep. to ride all the time. And I was better at arena cross, just being a bigger guy. I'm, I'm more technical. I, I'm, I was never a great outdoor guy. Um, but Supercross was definitely my jam, but mm -hmm. arena cross, I, I won races in arena cross, you know? So for me, I should have went the arena cross route yep. way earlier. That series was great. There was a lot of money to be like made. Like the Budman years? Those years? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was, I mean, Budman wanted to fight me because I would show up, do really good. And I'd be in his way all over the place, you know? And when it got physical, I was really good because I was big and strong and, and I was just more technical. I was just a lot of technique. And, you know, that was my strength was whoops and that tight stuff. That's what I grew up doing. And I grew up on a, you know, a ranch in Garnerville and my dad built me whoops and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger until I'd fall. And then he'd go, all right, that's, that's where they're staying. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I grew up training on. There was no open racetracks to ride. I never, I didn't ride a supercross track until I showed up at Anaheim to race. Oh, That's geez. the first yeah. time I rode an actual supercross track. You know, it's not like nowadays where there's tracks, you can go to state fair or you can go to Elsinore or, you know, it wasn't like that. Yeah, so yeah. I just grew up riding at the sand pits and doing local races on the weekends, yeah. you know, and my dad would take me all over and I'd race in Carson city on Friday nights and we'd drive eight hours to Glen Helen and race on Saturdays and he'd drive me up North 
to uh, Hollister or something to race on Sunday. And I mean, we do three races a weekend in a plumbing truck, you know, and my parents didn't have anything at the time. Yeah. You know? So right. they started from, they started from nothing. So for me, I got that work ethic through my parents. And so a, what a lot of people don't know is during my racing career, racing supercross and, and outdoors, when I was flying back and forth, I bought my first house in Menifee and it was 119 grand was my first house. Nice. And yeah. it was a pile. That <laughs> place was a pile, but I went to home Depot. I rented a little mini X and I was in the backyard. I dug the pool. We, I had some buddies come over. We did the rebar. We did the pool. We concreted everything. And then, you know, I'd go race, come back. And that week we'd retile the hallway. I'd go race, come back the next week. We would do one of the remodel, one of the bedrooms next week. We'd, you know, rip a yeah, wall yeah. down. And the next week we're working on the roof and I had it rented to, do you remember Throttle, Tedesco yeah. and Villapoto's mechanic? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Throttle lived with me. Another guy, another mechanic, Sparky, lived with me. No, I remember um, Sparky, yeah. yeah. At, at one point, I mean, I had I had my first house rented to three guys, and then I, I bought another house, and I had that one rented to three more buddies, and then I bought another house, and I was renting the rooms there, and I was living <laughs> in the house that uh, Villapoto bought in Murrieta oh, yeah. with the Supercross track yeah. in the backyard. Roncata, in whole, Roncata's old place? Roncata's old house, yeah. 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 So I was there and put in a water system that watered the track at 8 a.m. and it was ready to go and and throttle was working for villa and i was kind of like on my way out you know and villa was like hey man i want this place you know were your parents the ones that told you hey zeb buy a house like and obviously you're a handy oh, yeah. guy like were they the oh, ones yeah. that were like hey man this is how you get in the game and this is how you flip it and make money you know what i mean and all that yeah no my dad's like this is what you're doing this is, this is literally, <laughs> this, this is, is what, this you is what do. you're going to yes. do, right? Yes. That's not, awesome. not what you're going to do, but, um, yeah. they, I was a business from day one. My yeah, parents yeah. are super successful. You know, I don't think either one of them graduated high school, but they own business complexes, apartment buildings. I, I mean, they're right. big time now, you know? So for me still to this day, when I have a race, my dad, after the race, still, I'm 40 years old. My dad still, we go to dinner and he goes, okay, this is what, this is what you did good. And this is what you need to improve on. Yeah, you know, yeah. I saw this, 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 right. you need to improve on this, this, this. And I mean, he will be my boss forever, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And That's awesome. it's funny because, because now, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been so successful with everything, but now he's so into the races. Like they're just now flirting with retiring, you know? And I'm like, dad, you don't need the, like they, they could have retired 10 years ago. You know, but my dad, he just, what am I going to do? You know, you go on vacation for a week and then what? I'm like, man, get a hobby. You know, you can come here and help me. And they love coming to the races and stuff. And, you know, I have a little girl, so my mom loves that. My dad's like, nah, he's not real fond of kids, you know. <laughs> he will when, when she gets a little older. But um, I like having my dad. I could call my dad. He could be working on Sylvester Stallone's house in South Lake Tahoe. I could call him and go, hey, Dad, I got a waterline break. I, I need your help. He would leave immediately to come help me. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's awesome. My, mom, yeah. my mom's like, he don't give two shits about the plumbing business anymore. Like, yeah. He just wants to be at the track all the time. He's oh, so awesome. into it. you know. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. Thankfully, yeah. yeah, thankfully I have their backing. But yeah, my dad, like he says, hey, go get that shovel. I mean, 
you run and go get that shovel. You don't walk to go get that shovel. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a big difference when my dad's around, you know? So. Yeah. That discipline really helped you in all aspects of your life, whether it was racing or off the track stuff or, or promotions now or Absolutely. Grow, yeah, all of that stuff. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a work ethic thing, you know, yeah. and I just, I don't see that very much anymore, you know, especially with guys that I hire, you know, you, they show up for a job interview in sweatpants and a wife beater. And you're just like, really dude? Like couldn't even put on a t-shirt today. <laughs> really? You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's I, brutal. I, I agree with you on one aspect, Zeb, but then don't you feel like in, a, in, 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 don't you feel like in the 1970s, uh, people were saying, you know what? These kids these days in the seventies, they're just not like they were in the fifties. Like they're, they're wearing, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like a little bit of, uh, uh, that goes on with us and, and it's just a generational thing. Right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I look at the supercross tracks on TV now and I'm just like, really? Those whoops are a straightaway. Yeah. Like, well, that's, they're just that's that part is true. Yeah. And just pounding through them, you know, uh, Voleman posted a picture of him going through the whoops in the two thousands, I think. And those things are massive, you know. That's how I remember it. Yeah, I remember going to San Diego, and everybody went around the whoops because they were so gnarly. <laughs> yeah, there was a few. Do you races. remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah There's a few races, and it's like you never. I mean, these guys first lap, they jump everything. Yeah, they're right across the whoops, and yep. I'm looking at these tracks, and I'm like, God, I could still ride that right now. I bet. You yeah, know? the the four strokes have really ruined it a little bit. Supercross, you know, yeah. they make it really easy. They don't. They, anybody can kind of do it. That you can make mistakes and still get away with jumping combos. You know, all that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and I I raced yeah. 450 in Supercross, and I I definitely remember messing up a couple times. I, I'd exit a corner in first gear and go rah and sitting down and still but, making it over the triple. But even then, you had to worry about carburation problems. These guys don't even worry about that. You know what I mean? You had yeah. to worry about an on-off and a hiccup or a bog uh, or whatever. These guys don't got to even worry about that. You know? And the on-offs back in the day were deadly. Yeah. Deadly. The jump-on, <laughs> jump-offs, <laughs> they, they, they were, were deadly. Yeah. You come up short on those, you're going into the stands. You know, where nowadays I just, I don't see that. Everything's manicured. So their guys are so good on equipment, you know? So even with the practice tracks, you know, Mark Peters is a good friend of mine and he's like, man, these guys want the tracks rebuilt every single day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before it was once a month. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you know, water facilities are all, uh, uh, tilled up and watered and dissed up and everything. Yeah. Like what? Um, uh, Zeb Armstrong on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. Thanks to Namira, Maxis, uh, Roost MX, and, of course, the folks at Firepower for coming on board. Before we go, Zeb, something you, we were talking about again at the World Vets, uh, e-bike life. Uh, you, oh, were yeah. a little, you were a little inspired by me to get an e-bike and drop some LBs, and uh, and that's awesome, man. It's really cool. Like I, I, I That made me feel good that you said that part of the reason that you got one was uh, watching me do it. So that's cool, You and you're you're embracing it. Yeah, thank you. I man, yes, thank you very much because you got me going on the e-bike thing. I I hadn't rode a mountain bike in years and years and I was still riding here and there but just where I was teaching kids or doing a class or a technique class or something but never really riding for my own fun, mm-hmm. you know, and it just wasn't it hasn't been that fun for me, you know. I didn't own a dirt bike for almost 10 years. Yeah. I didn't even want anything to do with it. Right. Even though having the tracks, I still didn't ride. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where if you work at a place all yeah. day, you don't want to hang out there when you're done. Nope. You, know, you, you want to go home, do something else. But yeah, you were e-biking and you know, you were doing really good, you know, dropping some pounds and stuff. And I'm like, ah, just, I need to do something, you know? And 
I had a buddy that had one and I rode it in the parking lot of riverfront and I'm like, wow, this is really fun. You know, yeah. I'm riding wheelies and doing the thing and I couldn't buy one fast enough, you know? And then sure enough, I, I was, I was going three days a week and then it was four days a week and then I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying a headlight and a light from my helmet. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, I got to get a ride in between going from the tracks and I'll, I'll either go early in the morning or late at night or in between at lunchtime, or I'm, I'm always trying to sneak in a ride and then I'm hooking up on Strava and I'm looking <laughs> at different rides and I'm going, Oh shit. You're in. I, I must, You're in. I must have like an addictive personality or something, you know? It's, yeah. It's a good thing I don't drink, I guess, but yeah, um, I like chocolate milkshakes and and uh, you know some stuff. But uh, yeah, the the mountain bike thing, man, it's just opened up a whole new hobby, and I'm I'm not that good at it. Yeah. So for me, so you, it's a new challenge. Yeah, you yeah. want to get better so at it? Yeah. When I get over a rock that I haven't made it over, I'm like, fuck yeah, that was that was yeah. cool. You know, I made it over it today, and yeah. then it's and then it's another one, and I've progressed a ton. And a lot of my buddies that ride here locally, so. Northern California has really good trails for, for mountain bikes. There's, there's right from my house. I have a trailhead right up here yep. that, uh, is really, really good. I mean, I've rode all over Northern California and the one right by my house. That's awesome. Is yeah. One of the best, right. you know? So the rule of thumb is always live by a track or a trailhead, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm right there. I can ride right out my garage. So for me, on my way to work, I can just knock out 10 or 20 miles if I want and then keep going, you know? Yep. So for me, it's been a, you know, a real lifesaver. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say a little bit, but I've dropped a hundred pounds yeah, straight that's up. Awesome. Like Good I, job. I was a, yeah. I was a big boy. Yeah. I was a big boy. I saw you at one of the arena crosses in Vegas a few years ago. And, uh, I was giving you shit cause I was listening to a pulp show in my garage and I was working on something in my garage and it was like one in the morning uh -huh. and I don't even know what I was working on. And I heard you say, oh, Timmy got such bad starts. I told him to go way out on the outside and just start next to Zeb Armstrong or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how did my name get brought up well, into this, just, you know? You know, just guys that he would be able to, to outstart, like any privateer. Like, we used to use that as a strategy. Like, like hey, man, yeah. like you're a better starter than Zeb Armstrong or even uh, Ted yeah. Campbell or whatever. So you're on a factory bike. If you start well, by those – Well, your bike should be right. able to, yeah. So, you're, I mean, you literally just told us how you ran a stock bike. So, like, hey, yes. Timmy – get the elbows out in front of these privateers and have, give yourself some room and then maybe you can get a good start. But Oh no, guys like you would still outstart them, you know? So anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, Timmy, yeah, yeah, Timmy. but, um, that's awesome though, dude, that, yeah, that you, that you lost that weight and everything, you know, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, it feels so good. And once I did yeah. now, you know, I raced mammoth. Now I'm, I raced world vets. Now yeah. I'm looking at day and now I'm looking at day in the dirt to go that's ride cool. with buddies. And it's, it's not a day in the dirt. It's not a serious thing. You know, it's more of a fun thing. I don't drink, so it's, yep. you know, whatever. I still want to ride the pro class and, you know, and do good. But, I mean, just like at World Vets, man, yeah, Kiefer's going way faster than me. Preston, of course, yeah. he's going to go way faster than me. Yep. But, yes, I was in the lead. Yes, those guys go by me. I'm going to keep it in my envelope. I yeah, don't of course, want right? to be on the ground. Yeah. I really don't. Could I go faster? Absolutely. Do I need to? No, <laughs> no, I don't need to. I don't need that. I already did that life back, yeah, right? Yeah. Now I'm 40. I'm going to keep it at 75% and just cruise. You know, the only time I'll wick it up is when I ride locally, right? And I got to be very careful because some of these intermediate kids and novice kids locally, they think that they are the shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so hard for me when I'm just doing my motos and, 
you know, when I do ride, I don't get to ride that much. So when I go out, I make sure I set my watch. I go out, I stay out for 20 minutes, no matter what, but these kids will come up and they're revving and whipping off everything. And, you know, and I'll move over. Yeah. Yeah. Kid have at it, buddy. You're, you know, you're going yeah, one go, second yeah. a lot faster than me. Have at it, dude. I'm 18 yeah. minutes into my moto, you know, like, right, right. dude, go for it. And they'll come up and, you know, bump me or, you know, throw their hand up at me or something. And I can lose my temper really quick. <laughs> and I'm like, you little shit, you know? Right. And I will turn it on for a lap and just park them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, they're, they're, right? they're customers. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're customers, exactly. And then their parents uh, look at me like I'm just the biggest yeah, asshole ever, yeah. you know? Um, and I just, I want to teach the kid a lesson so bad, but it's not my place, you know? Yeah. So the, I, I really like going elsewhere to ride like the world vets where I don't yeah. have to worry about anything, even though it's the wild west. I, I still, I had a blast. You, yeah, know? you, you and, ride still really well. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah, like if you told me you hadn't ridden for 10 years or whatever it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah long pretty, time. Yeah. Pretty good to, to still ride that well. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know what class I should even ride, you know, should I be racing pro? Should I not be, you know? So I didn't really know, but then I raced mammoth and I'm like, Oh man, my goal was just to be in the top 10 and competitive. I I'm like, I just don't want to be the guy last that's 30 seconds back, you know? And then I went to mammoth and got top 10 in the 40 pro class. So I'm like, okay, I, I I'm okay at 40 pro. I'm yeah. okay here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're you know, right. So yeah. I, as long as I'm in the mix, you know, and competitive, I'm cool there. I, yeah, I don't that- have to win anything and, I kind just of, want to have some fun. Kind of what I was at where I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to ride B class. I used to ride pro, but, you know, Canadian pro, so not very good. But I'm going to ride B class, and I just want to be in the mix. I don't want to, exactly. be, I don't want to be the last place guy. I just want to be in a, in a race with other dudes. Yeah. And I was, and I was happy with and that. And you were. You, know? you totally were. Yeah. You don't give yourself enough credit. You're, you can tell watching you ride, your form, your technique is there, and your line selection I can tell is very good. Like I, if there's a smooth spot on the track, oh, just that's like me, that, that's you're it. gonna yeah, find it. I'm gonna look you're gonna for find it, it. Uh, my, all the way on the outside. My favorite know, part of in. my favorite part of your e-bike story, getting back to that, was how you, you were going through bikes, going through motors. And, oh yeah, and the guys at your shop, the, you had a Levos, and the guys at your shop are like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> yes, yes. Well, because I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, Mister Eco. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I go out in eco and I'm just smoking these motors, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm eco guy. Steve's riding eco, you know, yeah. I'm like, he's a big boy. I should be able to ride an eco. And, and you know, I'm watching my heart rate zone. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember all my training from racing, you know, sure. so yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, well I'm not doing that amount of workload, but like, I get it. I'm trying to keep my heart rate between 145 and 155 and keep it, you know, in the right zone. So, yeah. All right, cool. I'm there, you know, and I'm keeping Nico. And just because of my size, I was just smoking these motors, man. I'm just, I'm going through one a month. Just Especially, and you bought another bike for a backup. You were going. Yes, through so I needed a practice bike and a race bike. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. The, 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 I'm, I'm not crashing at all. I'm yeah. just, I'm cranking up a hill, but my cadence was too low. So. The guys at the store are looking at the app and they're like, man, you're not pedaling hard enough. I'm like, listen, motherfucker, don't tell me I'm not pedaling hard enough. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, about to have a, I'm having a cardiac arrest on the trail. Yeah, bro. Trust I will me. fight you if you tell me I'm not right. pedaling hard enough. I'm working my ass off out here. And I, I love so it. So I yeah. put it in trail mode and man, sure enough, I, I stopped smoking motors. Now I've been on the same motor for damn near a year now. Yeah. So 
I kind of, you know, now that I've I got a year on this motor, I think I need to go back into Eco and smoke it so I can get a freshie put in. Yeah, you know? yeah nothing nothing drains the battery and loads it like uh, Eco and just grinding slowly up a hill and, yeah, you know, being bigger and everything else. Like that, yeah, that's it. Right. You're putting, it's the, you're, you're creating the maximum tension, you're creating the maximum heat, you know, you're doing all of that. But that belt, just um, smoking that belt. Uh, the, 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 you told me the specialized reps were just like, what? what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah, just, they just, told me I'm over the weight limit for these bikes. I'm like, what's your demographic? graphic for selling these bikes yeah. then because i'm your guy like, yeah i'm the poster boy for this <laughs> I love you know it. and i'm a i'm a specialized ambassador you know i've sold you guys 50 of these things yeah. literally yeah. like i tell them to come to my races you know there's a couple thousand moto guys there yeah i'm like you bring 10 e-bikes to one of our races you will sell all 10 of those e-bikes yeah. guaranteed yeah they're they're, and they're I, huge man i still can't get these guys to come out you know i mean i'm literally putting the people there right in front of you yep. and they still won't put the effort out. Well, now it's different because they don't have the they don't, Yeah, right they now, don't. Yeah, but, no, for sure. But, but yeah. I mean, still, when I first started pedaling, I'm like, man, I can't give you more of a sales opportunity, you know? Do you normally go out for a couple hours, hour and a half, hour? What's your normal kind of? Yeah, I normal days, two hours. Yeah. So, you know, between 20 and 30 miles is the goal. Yep. You know, if I'm super busy, I'll at least get 10. Yep. You know, so that's an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, nice. um, I watch your rides on Strava and stuff. And sometimes I'm like, ah, Steve did 24. I got to at least do 25. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm going to follow you. I didn't know that you were the Strava guy. So I'll, I'll check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, trying, well, we're so. going to try to come up there and ride with Eric, uh, at WC and, uh, yep. and maybe ride, do some dirt bike riding at one of your places. So we'll, we'll go Man. on any bike ride. Yeah. That'd be fun. Have you rode with him? No, no. Man, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's well, pretty good. Yeah. Right. He's good on the pedals standing up, and I rode with him. Well, he does trials, and, too. He rides trials, so he's probably like, he's, yeah. That's what yeah. I was just saying. He's really good on his on the pedals, like in between rocks and stuff. He's yeah. he's really good. We'll and his to. kid, Brock, is super talented. Oh, good. You yeah. Know? Well, that'll be we fun. Were, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got some really good trails, and our other buddy Tom's up here, and uh, you know, a couple of Kevins that ride. My buddy Lee rides. I mean, we got a group of like 20 dudes that all ride up here. Yeah. You know, so I know you don't like riding with a bunch of people, but no, um, I'm fine riding. We got with, a pretty good group. I'm fine riding with people like that that I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Um, there you, you don't go. want the randoms showing up. Yeah, it's the randoms that are like, like I mean, I've had guys on trails, you know, be like, hey man, uh, you know, hey Mathis, love your show. Let, let's 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 go ride. Or where are you going? And I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, like I just I just want because dude, I honestly I I love putting my headphones in. And, yep. and getting on my bike and riding 15, 20 miles or whatever and thinking about work and thinking about podcasting and what I want to do. And, and well, you that's know. your time. Yes, that's exactly. Your time. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I get kinda, it. Kinda... I get it. I ride by myself 99% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just but when fun. you do go with a group, it's pretty cool, though. I mean, you always have guys up there doing the show that I do. you ride yep. with and stuff, and yep. it's fun. Yep. No, you know, absolutely. You, you laugh at Cade throwing it away 10 miles from the truck or whatever, 10, 10 minutes from the truck. No, no, no. 30 seconds from the truck. Yes. 30 <laughs> seconds from the truck. Um, uh, well, hey, man. Uh, thanks for this podcast. I really appreciate it. Really cool story. And like I said, like, Obviously, you can't trust Blair, but uh, everybody else says you're doing a great job with your series. Um, you know, oh, yeah. so yeah, Thanks, people yeah. people are stoked. It's... Eric and, and everybody and Kiefer and and all of that. So congratulations on all that success for sure. That that sounds awesome for you. So yeah, thanks, man. I have a, a great crew, obviously, and it's definitely not for lack of effort. Is it ever going to be perfect? No, but um, you're always trying to learn, always trying to grow. I try to talk to everybody and you know, accept all criticism and I'm not great at accepting criticism. I'll, I'll admit it, but <laughs> I do try to listen to everybody. I do want people to be happy and definitely we don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, then they don't come back 
for a while, yeah. especially vet guys, they get hurt and they don't ride for a couple of years, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I really reach out to, uh, I don't do training anymore. Like I don't advertise or anything. I help a couple kids that I just like that maybe don't have the money that don't have the cool gear that don't have the greatest bike or whatever. But if I really like the kid and I see the effort, I just kind of like take him in and Hey man, why don't you try swinging wide here? You know? And it, it kind of develops into something a little bigger every time. But, um, I ride just about every Wednesday with a group of vet guys and I just, I help guys to get more comfortable, you know, cause that makes everything better. Right. Yep, yep. So if a guy doesn't jump something and I think that he's ready to jump it, I'm like, Hey dude, let me tow you over that real quick or, or what's holding you back there or something. And just spending that five minutes with somebody can sometimes make their whole day, you yeah, know, which, yeah, absolutely. which to me is like, that's a customer that's going to be happy and appreciate it. And look at me as an, as like one of their peers, you know, like I don't want to be the promoter dickhead that nobody wants to talk to. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I don't, I, I didn't, sign up as for that, that position, you know, like I'm just a dirt bike guy. Like I love to ride dirt bikes, you know, and my parents made me into a business when I was very young and I just kind of ran with it and took those talents into what I do now. And luckily I'm, I'm just good at it, you know? And so I, I try to just bring people to have more fun and, and keep coming back. And I figure as long as I'm putting out the effort, the money will come, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so try not to just try to be fair with everybody, mm-hmm. and you know, money's comes second. And as long as you do a good job, then everything's going to work out. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, nobody likes the race promoter, right? Wygan always says that. Like nobody's like you know. So you. You're in you're in a negative position right at the start because ah he's just taking our money and he's not doing this yeah. he's not doing that he's not doing this so you have to change that perceptions by being cool and being nice and listening and you know realizing that hey man like we're all in this together you know what I mean if you if you're right. having a good day then I'm having a good day and vice versa right you know yeah. and, I and so. I judge everything off how people you know come up to me if they come up to me wide open and out of control man I'm gonna treat you the same way you're treating me. If you come up to me calm and talk to me like a human, man, we're cool. You yeah, know, we, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk. Let's figure it out. If they come up to me wide open, you guys don't know what the hell you're doing. Oh yeah. You know what? I've only done this for six months. So you're right. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I've had, I've had many parents on fifties that come up to me and go, you don't know what you're doing, man. We've raced, we raced mammoth. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh, you've been, wow, man. Geez, you've been two hours away. <laughs> shit. I've never been out of this town. So I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. What do I, I know? know? Right. I don't know nothing. Yeah, oh, so that's funny. My oh. bad. Yeah. Here's your, here's your 30 bucks, man. Have a great day. Right. Exactly. Yep. You know, no, I will pull sure. it right out of my wallet. Have a nice day. Yeah. You know, people are blown away. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good. I think that's that's good, you know. So, um, yeah. well, thanks for the time, man. Uh, lots of uh, lots of good stuff in there, and again, continued success and good luck and all that. And yeah. Hope to see you soon up there. I think we, you know, Kiefer's got the whole van sprinter thing, and we got it. We got to figure it out. Oh so yeah. Oh we gotta, yeah. We got to work. Lots, <laughs> lots going on. Yeah. Let's let's get riding more, man. Let's, yeah. You know, get some e-bikes in. If when you're coming up, like. Yeah, I know you'll love it. I'll put thirty guys together to all follow you. Oh so, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, all right, just, you know yeah. what? I'm busy. I'm busy. I can't make it. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, thanks for the time, Zeb. Appreciate it on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Thank you.